0: Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a
1: Stargate Rewatch Podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 10, 2001.
0: I kind of had an idea that this was going to relate to the other one. I hoped so, and I was glad that it did. Yes. Yay.
1: Yay. Yes, we're back, back with the Ashen, who are like... The, the, the most chill villains of, like, any villain ever,
0: I think. They really are yeah. the villain that plays the long game.
1: They I really know, do.
0: I don't know any other villain that plays, like, hundreds of years long game. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a millennia long game is what it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Well, should we get into it?
0: Let's get into it indeed, because I have
1: thoughts. Okay, good. I can't wait to hear them. <laughs> right. So this episode originally aired on August 31st, 2001. It was written by Brad Wright and directed by Peter DeLuise. And on the commentary, we have Peter DeLuise, Joseph Malazzi, and James Titchener.
0: Ah, so it was titled after the year it actually came out.
1: It did, yes. Okay, good. Mm-hmm.
0: So it technically was not a time travel
1: one. No, it is a prequel, if you will. yeah, yes. uh-huh. okay. So in this episode, SG-1 meets an advanced race who are finally willing to share their technology freely with Earth. But as negotiations continue, the team and Hammond have reasons to doubt whether the Ashen are all that they seem.
0: Mm, I'm very happy with their skepticism the whole time. I would have been very annoyed had they not been. And I would have been very tempted to throw something at my TV.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. It's a very good thing I didn't have to. Everybody very much has the like... This is too good to be true. Let's keep going, but... yeah, Kind of attitude about it, which is, like, I think a good way to approach a situation like this. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah. So this episode opens with a previously on that is really just the end of the episode 2010, with the note coming through the gate about avoiding the planet P4C970. So, hey, guess what this episode is going to be about? What? So in the present, SG-1 come back through the gate after a very successful mission. While the planet they went to was populated by just farmers who are the Volians, these people did introduce SG-1 to friends of theirs who are very technologically advanced and very willing to share all of their stuff with Earth. So hey, standing orders fulfilled, let's close it down. So Hammond's gonna go tell the president what's going on while SG1 gets a mi- mission briefing together. And oh, hey, by the way, what are these new friends called? They're called the Ashen. What? And everybody at home just hears don 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 in their head as Sam drops that line before the opening credits,
0: <laughs> with a very warm smile of like they're the Ashen.
1: They're the Ashen. <gasps> it's like no. No. Because we know. Yes. So we come back from the opening credits and Sam is now giving a presentation to a very full briefing room of various military and governmental people. Like, and everybody's like in their dress uniforms. So these are like very important people here. And this is a very important meeting. Was it interesting
0: to you that they weren't around a table? That they were in like auditorium setup kind of?
1: Yeah, I think it was just there was a lot of people, like too many people for a table. And also it really was such a presentation that having people having to sit sideways on to the screen may have been awkward. Maybe. Possibly. So one of the things we learn is that the Ashen are not revealing the location of their own planet until the agreement has been signed. Which Sam says, like, they only fairly recently discovered their gate and they, they don't have an iris. So taking this sort of precaution, I mean, it makes sense. And she's like, if we didn't have an iris, we'd probably do the same thing. We also learn a few other interesting facts about the Ashen here. Uh, they are a very serious people and don't have much, if any, uh, sense of humor. Their gate was also buried, but they also never found a DHD. So they have a very limited number of planets they can go to because of the whole stellar drift thing. Uh, and it seems that the main thing we're offering in return is gate addresses for the Ashen. Uh, They have ships that are capable of space travel, but only use them to visit other planets in their confederation. And they managed to turn a gas giant in their star system into a secondary sun. So they seem to be very impressive, like on paper and what we know so far.
0: So given what we know about them from the last episode, Mm -hmm. so they so their life is kind of confined then of just going to these small places or, you know, nearby planets. Mm-hmm. that they've since ruined and farming yes, yes. <laughs> yeah and it's it's interesting to think about the the timeline of how their how their existence has gone if they've only recently discovered the stargate
1: yes yeah that's for sure but you know if it was buried and you know lost through time would they even know to look for such a thing probably not yes uh we also learned that jack doesn't entirely trust the Ashen, at least he doesn't trust people who don't have a sense of humor, and they really don't have one. But anyway, the Ashen are going to meet with the representative from Earth on P3A194, which is the Volian planet. Jack and Sam will go with this ambassador, and General Hammond wants Daniel and Tilk to dig into how the Volians like really feel about the Ashen. Like, are, are they everything they seem to be at this point? Uh, as they leave, the ambassador, who we know is Joe from 2010, asks Sam for more information about the Stargate and everything, since he's you know, negotiating about the Stargate, kind of, in a way. And on their way out, they stop by the control room, where Sam has written a program to run to try and figure out where the Ashen homeworld is. So since the Ashen don't have a DHD, and therefore can't compensate for stellar drift, there is a very limited distance that the Ashen Stargate could connect to other planets in. Um, So the program she's running is checking all known gate addresses against that sort of viable distance from the planet that we have been to.
0: Which I think Uh, is sneaky and awesome.
1: I know. It's like, that is very good thinking. That is,
0: yes. They're like, ha-ha, they are like haha, they do not want us to know where they're from. Let's find out anyway.
1: I know. It's like, what were they going (laughs) to do with that information once they had it? I don't, like, would they use it to, like, fact check if the agreement did get signed and the Ashen said, here's our home world? Were they going to, like, fact check it? I don't, I'm not quite sure what the intention, if the other bit of information that happens in a little bit didn't come to light, like, just, like, what was the, were they going to go to all of these places anyway and be like, oh, hey. It's you, surprise. I don't know. It is a little
0: <laughs> fancy meeting you here. This is huh. just sh- surprise.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Joe and Sam then head off to the mess for some food and to talk some more and maybe do a little flirty flirt, cause that's kind of yeah. starting to happen here. Um. As as they walk off camera, please note that Walter is eating in the background. Well, he's got a little through line. <laughs>
0: Because oh, he's eating most of the seeds, isn't
1: he? Yes. And then right. something a little later happens, and I'll point it oh, out okay. when we get there. <laughs> okay. So it's the next day, and they're off to see the Ashen. Uh, SG-1 sort of lined up waiting for the gate to connect, and Joe enters the gate room in a very nice-looking suit, which Jack kind of teases him about it. But Sam and Daniel are both like, you look great. And it, Jack's just worried about his shoes. It's a farming planet i don't know what they
0: expected him to wear otherwise
1: i know it's like i guess is joe former military i don't know if we learned that in 2010 i mean he's obviously a government flunky of some sort but did he serve in the military and is now retired from that and is just working in the government or like maybe they could have lent him bdus i don't know yeah it is yeah but it's like kind of like well what was he supposed to wear i don't know yeah um but so then the gate gets locked and off they go and they're I this like gate pass through as they sort of call it like in commentary and the technical people is possibly one of my favorites where we're like the camera's facing Joe as he walks into the puddle so the, and then the camera continues going through the wormhole backwards and then follows him as he steps out on the Volian planet. And I do
0: like how they keep coming up with different ways of like okay they're going through the stargate yeah how can we, how can we yes. make this look interesting for the 98th yeah. time
1: yes and this this is definitely one of my favorites of that mm-hmm. thing. yeah on the volian planet joe starts the comment that it looks just like and jack interrupts and goes oh yes just when you think you're not in kansas anymore turns out you are it <laughs> would have like, been
0: funny if you said vancouver
1: <laughs> well it ha- they, it has to be a Wizard of Oz reference Because that's yeah. sort of the running gag Through the show is the Wizard of Oz All over the place in the show mm-hmm. According to the commentary There was a very large pit of cow poop Just off camera Oh, In this field So everybody was like super happy with that
0: They didn't want to reference that
1: In, <laughs> in the well, show Well you'll see, you'll see it in a <laughs> moment so Daniel and Till head off to see what they can find about the Ashen from the Volians. Joe comments that there doesn't seem to be much, like, trade infrastructure around the gate, given that's the relationship that the Volians and the Ashen have. Like, there's no, like, buildings or port, you know, there's, there's, there's no, like, civilization or anything, if you will. They're just, like, in the middle of a field. Um, and Sam's like, just wait a second. And then a large ship comes floating by that Sam calls a harvester. The Stargate then rises out of the ground a little bit and like shifts to be in a horizontal position. Uh, it a, a gate an address is dialed on the gate and the machine then drops a load of crops through it to the Ashen homeworld. So, so that
0: means that the crops on the other side were just like raining through
1: <laughs>
0: horizontally like. at whoever was on the other side of that thing, unless it was also tilted
1: yeah hopefully it's scheduled you know (laughs) possibly and the gate is taken to like i don't know the top of a silo maybe i don't know but it's like that's interesting but here's
0: though. okay so on the ashen homeworld they were used to traveling from planet to planet by ship and hadn't Mm -hmm. actually discovered that they had a gate until recently so it just kind of made me wonder like okay well the stargate on the Volian world seemed really advanced. So, were they aware of gate travel and stargates and all that stuff, and just didn't think they had one?
1: Um, I think no, because I, if uh, later, when Dan, after Daniel discovers some things and is back in the S.H.C. telling everybody about the horrible things he's discovered, when the Eshen make it to the Volian planet, the Volian stargate is still buried. So, like the Ashen Gate, I think at that time had been unburied, but the Volian Gate is still buried. So, the Ashen probably were like, oh, hey, by the way, you probably have this thing on your planet and helped them locate it
0: somehow, possibly. And then came up with an entire system of crop transfer? Y- y-
1: yes. I mean, seems that seems weird. to be what happened. <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: Like, very rapidly, of like, here's how we're going to do crop stuff. We're going. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, what Daniel just says, you know, the the Ashen discovered their gate recently, but you know, in terms of when the stargates were built, cuz I think it it's still been a couple hundred years for the Ashen given that the Ashen went to the Volian planet like 200 years ago or so. Right. Um and the Volians didn't have their gate, but the Ashen did. So, I I think discovering the gate recently is just sort of in terms of when it was probably put there to sort of now it's an, it's, it's more recent than not recent. Okay. Sure. Okay. I think I'm thinking about it too hard. Possibly. But I mean, it's a podcast. That's what we do. We think about things too hard and pick them apart. That's our <laughs> job.
0: <laughs> so that the writers eventually hate us. <laughs> so stop that. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, okay. So one of the, then approaches uh, Joe, Sam and Jack, and this is Boren. Uh, he gets introduced to Joe. Joe starts to give his greeting, but Boren just interrupts and is like, I'm not the one who's doing the whole negotiating thing. Come with me. We'll do it there. Which is a bit like, okay, I know you don't have a sense of humor, but like that was just kind of rude.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I'm just like, you couldn't have like waited for him to finish and be like, thank you, let me take you to your counterpart. Like, I don't he know. You ain't got time for that. I apparently not. No. Um so as they start to walk off towards the harvester, if you notice, Joe seems to step in some poop. Because he, like, yes. takes a step and then looks down and kind of, like, w- seems to, like, wipe his chew on something. So. Yeah. Yeah. Shoes. Jack warned him. Shoes. Shoes. Yeah. Back at the SGC, the program that Sam had written to try and find the Ishan Homeworld has apparently completed and given five possible addresses. Three of them are still unexplored. One was determined to be uninhabitable three years ago. And the other one, well it's that one that Hammond ordered to be locked out seven months ago when they got that mysterious note from the future. Mm. So. uh, Is it
0: weird to you that they also didn't put a Shen anywhere on the note and just left it as a gate address? I don't remember um, in the other episode if, if whether or not to put that on the note was actually brought up of like, yes, we should or no, we shouldn't to not give too much information
1: or. Yeah, the discussion was just keep the note as vague as possible. So I guess they I don't know if they knew about the Confederation and if they would run into them somewhere else. So probably the safest, most direct but vaguest information is just don't go to this planet. Although considering we encountered the Ashen on another planet, that may have been helpful. Still also, you know, vague, like don't go here. Also be wary of the Ashen. Yeah. Vague, but still some details.
0: Yeah. No to this planet, Eshenbad. Yes. Done.
1: Yeah. I I would
0: rock sending notes back to past me.
1: You would. What would you send yourself a note about for, like, yesterday?
0: (laughs) Uh, go to the gym.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know you want to. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, So Hammond then requests that SG teams 3, 12, and 15 be brought to the briefing room. And since I know you're going to ask, I looked up what those teams are, like what their purpose is. Yay! So so SG-3 is the Marine Combat Unit. Uh, SG-12 is just a general military unit. SG-15 is an exploration unit. Those are their designations. All righty. Daniel and Tilk approach one of the Volians that they appear to be somewhat friendly with, whose name is Kiel, and ask him about the Ashen. He has nothing really but good things to say. He was actually raised by an Ashen family after he was orphaned in some manner. They share their medicine and technology freely, aren't really involved in, like, the day-to-day running of their lives. And they're just kind of like, okay, Cool. Uh, and, like, start to head off. And then Keel's like, hey, if you see one of the Ashen, can you send them over to help me dig up some iron root in his field? And Daniel's like, maybe we can oh, help what? with that? Yeah. It's like, some what? hmm So, uh, back with Born and the others, they're all transported up to the Harvesters, where they meet the Ashen, who will be doing the negotiating. And, hey, it's our old friend, Malam. Da na na. Joe offers greeting from the president and hopes that this will be a beneficial arrangement for them all. Mom just says that the, suiting, the seating is suitable for their purposes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not quite sure what that has without, to do with the other
0: thing. I, without uh, even attempting to complete the handshake.
1: Yeah. Joe, yeah, Joe's hand is just, like, sticking out in the air. It's like, you can't say hi back. Thank like, you. No. Like, yeah. okay. We ain't got time for that. no. No. Um, Which fun is weird fact from the,
0: coming from a species that, or, you know, an alien species that plays the long game. Yes, they
1: should, you think they, they would take time. Yes, yeah, so, you know, politeness gets you a long way. Yeah. A yeah. Uh, fun fact from the commentary, the actor who plays Malum also voices the Asgard Frere, like the, the puppet Asgard oh. Frere. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jack asks Born where the facilities are and starts kind of wandering around the ship. Uh, He steps out onto the balcony and kind of surreptitiously radios to Daniel and Tilk that they should check in with Hammond when they get back and let him know that the negotiations have started. So Kiel has shown Daniel and Tilk the iron route, and uh, it's it's a big metal girder that would be used in, like, large city buildings, just sticking out of the ground a few feet. So that's interesting. (laughs) Very strange. Yeah. Uh, Daniel suggests they might be able to use Tilk's staff weapon to get rid of it and reminds Took that Hammond also said they should dig a little deeper. Ha ha. Ha ha
0: ha, ha. I feel like Tilk's expression back at him of like, mm-hmm. I, I'm i just going
1: to go with you on this one. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So he, he takes out his like little pocket knife and starts digging at the dirt with the little knife. Uh, from around the girder, and uh, Tilk asks him, "Like, hey, did you find something?" He's like, "I hope not, but I probably did." In, in 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 a voice that senses he's he's not pleased about finding a thing. He didn't want to find a thing, but yeah. he probably did. So that's gonna be fun.
0: I I'm enjoying Skeptic Daniel in this episode yes. very very much. Where he's like, "Oh, damn it! I yes. probably have just ruined." All of our plans.
1: yeah. <laughs> so back on the back on the ship, the negotiations are sort of going pretty straightforward. The Ashen will provide technology to help in our fight against like the ghoul and other enemies, and we will provide them with information on the entire Stargate network. Back with Daniel and Tilk, they have found something. It's what appears to be the remains of, of a whole city just underneath the field there. like big massive city is just plowed over. It's like, hmm, strange.
0: Yes. Yeah. I don't even know how you would accomplish doing that, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah. I don't know enough about the degradation of cities to know what, if it was done on purpose or just happened.
0: Yeah. Or how you just go like about Because, yeah. I mean, I can understand how. They would not want to leave any ruins visible because then the people that are left would remember, "Oh, I wonder what this was. We should yeah hmm. um, yes, but yeah, I don't I don't even know how you would go about just turning an yeah. entire city into just farmland
1: yeah it's it's interesting for sure,,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So the talks now have moved on to uh, the Earth representative providing, providing some just general information about Earth and its population and how it operates. And yes, the population is very large and growing at an unsustainable rate, which is Malum's first comment about that. So. That's interesting.
0: And we
1: know uh, why. Mm-hmm. We do confirm that no, all of the people of Earth are not aware of the Stargate. But Malam insists that any treaty that is signed must be made with all of the people of Earth. And Joe agrees. And I do, too. because Yeah, that's actually if, fair. Yes. It's like, that's actually a good point. Yes. So back with Daniel. and Tilk, the underground city seems comparable to Earth in the early 20th century. It's... It's just, it's very weird, though, what they found. Like, there's no signs of, like, war or natural disaster. The place, again, was just, like, plowed over. So maybe it was done on purpose to create more farmland. Daniel suggests perhaps some Volians are, like, Luddites. And, well, whoever, like, plowed this over seems to have done it, like, long after the city was abandoned. And Daniel then comes across what seems to be a public building. So he's going to go inside and poke around for a bit. Which is a cool looking building too. It is very cool. It's apparently a redress of some of the sets they built for Red Sky, just oh, sort okay. of made to look all ruiny. So, hmm. yeah. Very. Right. Yes. Um, here's my one fun fact I researched for this episode. What do you know about the Luddites? Nothing. Okay. So I like I know it, like My basic knowledge of Luddites is they're like people who don't like technology stuff is what I know. So I was like, okay, so wh- where did that come from? So apparently Luddites were a radical faction from 19th century England who were protesting against the industrialization of the textile industry. Uh, it started in Nottingham and lasted from 1811 to 1816. Basically, they're like, you know, the people who were still hand weaving doing all of that stuff were mad that there were now factories that were doing more work for cheaper so that, you know, that whole thing, that, you know, right. still happens today. At some point during the this, like, revolt, factory owners started taking matters into their own hands, like, shooting protesters. And then the government oh. and the military had to finally step in and squash things, leading to the execution and penal transportation of convicted Luddites. Like, they were, Luddites were turned into criminals in this whole thing.
0: Oh, my. Uh,
1: the name Luddite itself comes from a man named Ned Ludd, who is now believed to be a fictional person, sort of akin to like a, like a Robin Hood type person. Oh, okay. Uh, but so Ned supposedly started this whole rebellion when he smashed two mechanical knitting machines in 1779, and then it you know escalated in the early 1800s. So okay then. Yeah. So, again, these days, Luddites refer to people who issue any kind of modern technology or even specifically like industrialization.
0: Okay. makes
1: sense. Got it. So there you go. So that's that's what the Luddites are, who they are, Mm -hmm. Mm whatever. Now I get the reference. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, Back in the control room, Hammond is telling the leaders of the three SG teams what's going on and like why they're looking at the star map and, you know, about P4C 970 Basically, those three teams will be exploring the other three planets that have not yet been explored to see if any of them are the Ashen homeworld. Good work. Mm-hmm. And back on the Volian planet, Jack then asks Malum, like, what defense technologies are being offered, like, specifically? You say you have technology, what, what is it? So the first thing they present to us, is, or to SG-1, is a bioweapon, it can be modified to target these specific DNA to take out any of their enemies. And Yes, of course, the Shen would only use it against the enemies of the SGC. And Malam then asks why none of the friends that SGC has made have offered help of any kind. Sam says that, you know, everybody's been too afraid that Earth would just destroy itself if they got anything. And there's a quick look where Jack's just like, why are you saying that? And she's like, sorry, the yes. I know, know. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Malum says something interesting. He's like, "Well, surely your friends would help prevent such a thing." I, another fairly good point, Malum. He then adds on all of the things that the Ashen can do for them: eliminating diseases, extending their lifespan, like trans, being able to transport people across the continent in seconds. Basically, they are offering Earth membership into the Ashen Confederation.
0: You know, what I thought was interesting about the bioweapon thing is that they didn't say they would give it to Earth. They made it seem like they
1: would use it on behalf of Earth. Yes. That's yes. kind of dangerous. <laughs> yes. The other interesting thing is, so back in the episode 2010, when they're trying to figure out, like, what to do and who they can get to help them with their plan, there's the comment that of the few Jaffa that remain... Even fewer of those would be loyal to Earth in such a situation. So, in that reality, did the Ashen use this weapon on the Ghoul, which would probably also have affected the Jaffa, because they all have. They probably targeted like the symbiote DNA. So, is that why there aren't many Jaffa, and of those that there are, they're they're not super fans of the SGC or Earth, really, in that timeline. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I think- It did get used at some point. Hmm. Maybe. So back at the SGC, the dialing sequence is going for the first of the exploration missions when Hammond gets a call from the Pentagon. He then orders Davis to abort the dialing sequence and tells SG-15 to stand down. And Davis is like, what's going on? He's like, I'm going to go find out exactly whatever that call was about, like, right now. So Daniel and Tilk are running out of the building that they had gone in as it seems to collapse behind them. Um, According to Peter, the fact that they run out of that building is because it was too expensive to make the inside of that building. so oh. just see you know yeah. production thing um that's
0: too bad but, i really actually wanted to see what that building had
1: looked like yeah. i know i mean it makes sense though like from a storytelling perspective this is a city in ruins obviously stuff would be crumbling down but anyway i just thought that was funny yeah <laughs> um so they have several tubes that have newspapers in them and daniel thinks if he if he could possibly read them they might be able to figure out like what happened here tilk suggests returning to the surface because you know Crumbling city in ruins. Daniel doesn't really want to because they may need to go get more papers if what they have isn't helpful. or if the paper do actually say something bad, he doesn't want to like let on too soon because they probably won't get another shot at this, whatever this is. So he doesn't want to maybe give a nudge to the issue that hey, we 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 found you out. <laughs> found soon. something hinky. Yes. Um, so fun fact here. So, well, one sort of goof that leads to a fun fact. So, well, okay. I'll put it here, but uh, it's a little later. Um, so Daniel says like the language is similar to a Celtic language, but um, it's, it's not <laughs> actually no. like, like, like ancient Celtic writing does not just look like a Victorian font you can find on windows. <laughs> it's like, um, what is it called? It's called OGAM, OGHAM, O G H A M, was the alphabet they used. And it's really just, it's like a series of lines. There's like a vertical line and then lines sort of crossing it or like at an angle to make letters slashed sounds. Right. So okay. Interesting. It's not a Latin alphabet at all. But the the language that is there on the newspapers can be deciphered to be read. Whoever typed this up used the somewhat erroneously named HAL cipher. So HAL is in like the computer from 2001, A Space Odyssey, which fans noticed that HAL was one letter off from IBM, like the computer IBM. So um, if you take what's like written on those newspapers and then shift the letters backwards one in the alphabet. You'll get just the plain English language for it.
0: Oh, that's really funny.
1: So yeah. Like
0: so there it. you go. Hmm. Still must have taken a lot of time. Yes. Hmm.
1: Back up on the harvester. Jack seems a little confused that the Shen are offering so much for what seems like so little in return. Mollum assures him that the SGC is actually offering a, a great deal. In return, they basically just give an Ashen access to the whole galaxy and its people. And they're not really the exploring types, so giving Earth technology to help with their exploration will only benefit the Ashen in return, as Earth would then share what they find in their exploration with the Ashen. So, like,
0: okay, species and things,
1: and yep, access mm-hmm. to things. Yes. Mm. So. They're going to head back to Earth, talk through these initial offerings with the leaders there. Malum will also return to his planet and recommend that this deal be approved immediately. Uh, The Ashen leave, and Jack's like, so I'm the only one that has a bad feeling about this? It's like, at this point, yes, kind of. So Daniel is making some headway in translating these newspapers. So when the Ashen first came, there was some kind of illness among the Volians, and the Ashen offered what may have been... A vaccine. Tilk thinks this proves that the Ashen are really good people, but this troubles Daniel because it means that this city was abandoned after the Ashen came and that cities are only abandoned like this when civilizations fall. So, oh man. So, Tilk suggests perhaps the people were re- relocated to another planet, but Daniel doesn't really like that idea either. Like, the city's been abandoned long enough for Keel to not know it was ever here. Like, what's going on? This is, like, the more Daniel's learning, the stranger the situation is getting. Yes. Joe, Jack, and Sam are back at the SGC. There's a plane waiting to take Joe back to D.C. Once he's cleared by the SGC doctors. I noticed that, too. I was like, yay! (laughs) I noticed that line as well. Mm -hmm. Joe then offers to take Sam out for dinner the next time she's in D.C. Are you
0: surprised he just, like, said that in the whole room? No. No, yeah. no, I don't know. I don't know if I would be that bold. Well, good on him. <laughs> I know. I
1: think. I think Joe's a man who goes after what he wants in a very polite and friendly manner. Mm-hmm. Because it could. <laughs> really because well it could be just you know, as a, a go, go out to dinner as friends, or maybe maybe more. You know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily maybe. a date. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. maybe. Anywho, Jack might be ready to like actually really retired now, but Hammond's like, hold that thought. And so he uh, tells them about the possibility that the Ishan are from the world that they locked out from that note. And he's been ordered not to send teams to the other planets to confirm or deny this. Uh, and Sam's like, yeah, I mean, if we happen to stumble upon the Ishan, they probably would not be too happy with us. Uh, Jack suggests, suggests the probe. It's like, who, that could have been the thing that set this whole thing off. It's we We, we have no way to know why the note ascends so you know and what's now odd we-
0: though is like they know sorry i was interrupting you but oh like God. they know that earth are explorers and are going to continue to explore planets so i'm not i'm not entirely sure how them just like showing up on the ashen homeworld would make the ashen be like oh you found us how dare you we're done i know they could very
1: easily be like oh this is oh no. how
0: like, weird. we send teams we, to all the planets we can get at. Yeah. yeah. Oopsie. I, yeah, well, sorry,
1: but hey, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, I don't know. it's not
0: like they were in negotiations of, like, while we are negotiating, you can't visit any planets in
1: this yeah. area. Yeah, that would, that like, seems, be weird. That seemed very odd to me. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, they've been ordered to, like, stay out of this whole negotiation thing at this point and let the State Department finish up everything. Because, uh, you know, the president wants to, like, wrap this up because he's, like, re-electioning concrete proof that the Stargate is a beneficial thing, blah, 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 that whole thing. So Sam asks about Daniel and Tilk, but they haven't come back yet. Also, um,
0: this- do you find it was odd that they came back without them, without checking where they were?
1: <laughs> I mean, a little bit. <laughs> but... Yeah. They're they're on a the Volans are supposedly a friendly people. This is not a dangerous situation, so I can see them being maybe a little more relaxed, especially since you know Joe needs to get back for things they wouldn't probably want Joe going back himself. And Daniel and Tilk are at least together, so. I thought it was
0: weird they wouldn't oh. have at least radioed to find know, out been like, where yeah. they were. yeah. Hey,
1: Daniel, like, are we're are heading you still back here? now. Yeah. yeah. Are you still here? Or did you leave? Like, what's going on? Anyway, yeah. um, so. Here in the commentary, so, uh, in this scene, Hammond, Jack, and Sam are standing in front of that, like, star map thing in the control room, and on the other side, you see Walter drinking from a bottle of Pepto-Bismol, because he's just been eating (laughs) throughout this whole episode. Oh, that's (laughs) funny. So, they also get into a discussion here in the commentary about the discrepancy in Walter's name, and the fact that he's had, like, three different names during his time on the show, (laughs) so...
0: If anyway. I were that character, I would have actually enjoyed that. It's like, I know. I'm Gladys.
1: <laughs> um, so back on the Volian planet, Daniel comes across a newspaper with a big black headline that reads a Shen vaccine causes somewhere he can't translate. He doesn't know what it is, but whatever it was, was a very, very big deal. Cause it, it's in the big black headline. So very, very important information. Yeah. Uh, there are very pictures assessment. of, yes. Uh, There are some pictures of people possibly rioting, celebrating rioting, unsure. Uh, Jack then calls over the radio and asks where they are. Daniel tells him. So apparently Jack and Sam have come back. And so Jack and Sam find the large hole with the iron root sticking out. And Sam's like, where exactly are you? To which Daniel replies, "We're in the buried ruins of the Volian Union's capital city, by all accounts a thriving metropolis that is, I think, until the Ashen wiped them out." <gasps> so yeah, da- Daniel really, yeah, Daniel really did find something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So back in the briefing room, Daniel's going over what he has found, and it's just it's not good news. Uh, like the Volians were a thriving urban people who numbered in the millions just 200 years ago. Now they're farmers and number in the thousands. The Ashen actually came there in in ships as the Volian Gate was still buried and they seem to have a very friendly and prosperous relationship until something happened. That something is likely to do with that headline from the newspaper which says medicine from newcomers causes something that Daniel can't translate. That paper is also the most recent one they could find. So the paper likely was shut down the next day. So Sam's like, you have to call the president. And apparently Hammond's been trying to get in touch with the president, but he's discussing the negotiations and isn't taking any calls. And Jack's like, I have a favor to cash in. Now's about time. Yes. So Jack's in D.C., but the limo driver does not take him to the White House. Instead, uh, they stop to pick up Kinsey. Yay. Love. (sighs) That guy.
0: Always uh, good to see his shiny yeah.
1: face. Yeah. So Jack's not going to be meeting with the president. Uh, Kinsey thinks he knows everything, but he really doesn't. He also seems to think that Jack is doing this as a way to stop him from being the president, which makes no sense. Uh, no. He also thinks Jack has actually been to that future like that the the one that like the note came from and knows everything that's going to happen basically weird I know basically Kinsey's an asshole and a dumbass and an idiot just all in one and like an egotistical knobhead yeah I hate him so much but he basically tells Jack to stay out of it and has the car then take Jack back to the airport after he gets out and I just like this conversation like makes no sense like it doesn't like, what the fuck is Kinsey? Like, from a storytelling perspective, I get why it needs to be there as a way to sort of redirect, you know, oh, we can't go down this avenue to stop this thing from happening, so they, we need another plan. But just the general, the context and, like, what is actually being said makes no sense. I don't get it. Why Why does Kinsey think this is a personal t- attack against him? It, like... Is he really that much of an egotistical maniac? Because that's like some like the world revolves around me bullshit right there.
0: Is he remind me? Is he currently the government dude that's kind of like the the highest up in charge of the Stargate
1: program? He's he's in the he's at the Pentagon. Well, he's this he's the senator. I don't know exactly where he is in the sort of the hierarchy, but I think it might sort of be. President Kinsey than whoever else. So I, mean, I think... that
0: would make sense from an ego perspective if Jack is in the way of him looking good with the Stargate program being profitable as it I... will as it were.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: that would, you know, prevent him from looking awesome enough to be like, hey, I gave you this. How about you make me a president?
1: Yeah. But I don't know. I still just, I don't get it. I really I don't, don't get it. I don't know.
0: Kinsey doesn't really just, he, he doesn't, doesn't usually make sense anyway. Half of what I he mean, says, he'll just spout stuff and you'll be like, how what in the world about? did you come up with that? Where, yeah, I mean, that's very what true. What goes on up there? What, yes. what is the hamster actually riding? Because yes. Because it's not a wheel.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, We did get some fun facts about Ronnie Cox in the commentary. He's the the actor who plays Kinsey. So he uh, apparently is like a marathon runner and is also a very accomplished banjo player.
0: Oh, really?
1: He was, I didn't realize this, but he was in Deliverance and he's the guy playing the guitar against the kid in the dueling banjo scene. Oh, really? Yeah. I like, I went, it's on YouTube. You'd like go, go Google um, Deliverance dueling banjos. You'll see it. And Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's fantastic and awesome. I'm so. going to have to go
0: back and watch that. I always kind of wondered if people that are so good at being just asses on TV, if in mm-hmm. real life, they're like, hey, guys. And yeah. I love the fact that he can be like, hey, guys, want to hear my banjo?" Joe?
1: Yeah. Again, he, and just, you know, <laughs> is the nicest guy ever kind of comments <laughs> are said about him, like, all the time. So, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. That's funny. I'm going to have to go look that up. <laughs>
1: still back in the briefing room uh the negotiations uh have been ordered to proceed with caution Uh, they will be presenting the Ashen with a small number of gate addresses at the stage as sort of like a show of faith if you will joe has insisted that jack and sam go back with him kinsey has agreed to only let sam go so it's at least something, and this does present them with an opportunity to try and get the Ashen to show their hand, but they they need to be careful about it, because if we just, like, ask outright, there's a very good chance they'll lie or, like, kill us all, who knows. Daniel has an idea, writes something down on a piece of paper, hands, hands it to Sam, and Hammond's like, you know, I can't order you to do this, and Sam's just like, when do we leave? Which is like, good Sam, go, you, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So Kinsey is in the control room and refers to this historic day as the day of Hammond's retirement, like ass. And like, yep. you can like, even Walter's not having any of it as he like goes, <laughs> to, if you notice, like he just like rolls his yeah. eyes. It's like, Oh, this guy. So Sam is decked out in her usual comeback gear, but minus the P90 and Joe, I guess, finds that odd for some reason. And she kind of like leans in and is like, I have a lot to tell you and not much time to tell you. So listen up. So, here we, here we go. So, Sam and Joe back on the planet and transport it up to the Harvester. They present the gate addresses on a laptop, which confuses the Ashen because they've never seen such a thing, which is a, bit, a little bit of a funny moment here before, like, all hell breaks loose. Everything um,
0: it's funny.
1: Yeah. Uh, Joe also extends an invitation for the Ashen to visit Earth to formalize the treaty and as they wait for the laptop to boot up, Sam pulls out that piece of paper Daniel gave her, holds it out to Bourne and says, hey, can you translate this for me? And he goes, oh, it says sterility. And you see Mollum just looks over like, you idiot. So it's like, aha, idiot. So the headline was vaccine causes sterility. Oh, so- I know, I
0: mean, I know for dramatic effect for the rest of the episode, they needed to then all of a sudden be like, ha ha, we know what you're up to, evil villain, but I <laughs> kind of feel like in normal, more kind of diplomatic relations, they they would have played it a little closer to the vest, and Sam would have just been like, okay, very right, cool, thanks, all right, let's proceed, yeah. and then like left as per usual and
1: being like, no. <laughs> And just never gone to that planet ever again. Yeah. Who knows? But, you know, accusations are, are tossed around about, like, what the Ashen have done here. Malam orders Joe and Sam to be locked in the room as they complete the treaty. And they, they take the laptop with them. Uh, and Sam's like, but if we don't return, there's no treaty. But it doesn't really matter because the Ashen got what they wanted, which is the gate addresses. So Malam and Boren leave, locking Joe and Sam in. They then hear the sound of the gate dialing. They head on to the little balcony. It's dialing Earth. Sam pulls some rope out of her pack, ties it to the railing and like around her legs. And she starts to climb down when Boren enters the room again. Joe tackles him because why not? I guess Uh, Sam sends the GDO, calls for Joe to follow her. And then that biological weapon that the Ashen had talked about earlier sort of lowers down from the ship and is being positioned over the gate. Joe appears, but just yells at her to go Born has apparently recovered from being tackled, like pulls Joe back onto the ship. Sam cuts the rope, falls through the event horizon, yells to close the iris as soon as she reaches Earth. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed, and apparently a whole bunch of people noticed, because in the commentary, Joe's like, hey, Peter, Mr. Director Man, why did all of her teammates not react to the fact that she just crashed the gate and possibly dislocated her shoulder? They're all if if I, they're all just sort of standing there and like looking at her hard. like they like they don't rush like help they're not nobody's like oh my god Sami they they're just standing there looking at her
0: oh that's funny because yes yeah. yes they are yes. they're all just kind of like oh hey
1: that was fast <laughs> yeah
0: <I don't> know. <laughs> that's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, um, Peter Peter tried to pass it off as like, I tried, but they didn't want to cooperate. That was the best I could get out of them. It's like, no, yeah, you just no. kind of forgot about that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, forgot how no. people should be reacting to Sam yeah. barreling through
1: the gate. Yes. Um, anyway, there's then the, the thud of something hitting the iris. Kinsey is very not pleased about this. Again, he thinks this is the personal attack against him. Sam tells them about the bioweapon. Kinsey's like, Jack, this is all your fault. All Jack does is tell Sam she did a good job. And Hammond tells, you know, the airman there to get her to the infirmary. Kinsey's like, I'll be launching a full investigation. And Jack's like, okay, cool. Don't forget, it's O'Neill with two L's as he holds up three fingers. <laughs> three fingers. <laughs> I've seen speculation that that's Jack doing this. Since he holds up three fingers, if you take away two, there's one specific finger left. For Kinsey, it oh. will possibly, you know, read between the lines, that, that whole thing. That's a
0: fun brand-specific thing, isn't it? Of, like, yeah, ah. Yes. <gasps> Which, technically, I could do. Yes. Nah. Yeah. I may I to start doing that to people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. So, anyway, so... Um. Okay,
0: so I have to say what bothers me about this part is they finish up the episode with like, oh, shucks, guess that didn't work out. They don't even like mention, are we going to try and get the ambassador back? Or like, are they just going to assume that he's killed or like nobody mentions him at all? They're just like, well, shucks. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Daniel finishes saying, you know, I hope you don't regret giving them address and Jack's like, well, cause since the first one was a black hole and then just gets worse from there. It's fine. Whatever. But um, yeah, according to the commentary, since there is no body, we don't see Joe die. Joe is still conceivably alive. Um, I did see some things online that probably around season eight or nine, Brad Wright had proposed like a third a Shen storyline, but it just it just it never came to fruition for some unknown reason. So hopefully that story would have addressed the the Joe situation. To Joe. Yeah. I mean, I don't the Ashen don't really seem like death penalty people, but they probably you know have him locked in a locked house somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, but I mean, I think Joe's still alive as, as a prisoner of the ocean, which, yeah.
0: Not really how he thought his day was going to turn out.
1: No, or his, you know, life. Yeah. So. Poor Joe. You know, that is Martin one is dangling story. All the time. Yeah. I know. that That is definitely one dangling storyline I would have liked some wrap up on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Because, yeah. anyway.
0: Also... You know, of course, they should have given them the bogus addresses, but I also kind of think about in my head of, like, what would have happened if, like, everything was fine?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if, it was if, you, you know, know it was, like, vaccine causes good health or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or,
0: like, hair growth or, you know, just something weird. They would have been yeah. like, oh,
1: we're going to need that laptop. <laughs> Oh, is that not booting up properly? My my bad. Let me. <laughs> yeah. Oops. These yeah. didn't
0: calculate right. It's, we're yeah. going to take that back.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's the. Oh no, this is somebody. Some. Oh, Jack. He's so funny. He must have gave me a joke. Liz. Ha Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Oops. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I watched the whole episode, and I liked the whole episode except in the very end when nobody mentions Joe like at all. Yeah. Like, should we go back for him?
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't think that would go very well, but yeah. Yeah, that's a little sad.
0: I mean, you think they would have tried. Okay, so we can imagine, we can we can make it up as we go along. Um, okay. They might have tried to contact them again and, like, negotiated, okay, we will give you one gate address <laughs> for Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or... Something I'm not entirely sure at that point in time giving them all the addresses they did that they did, what they could have traded for him, but you have to mm-hmm. imagine that in a in a good world, they would have attempted to get him back
1: yes, i I would agree, yes, possibly the means by which to calculate stellar drift, although it seems weird with all their technology, they haven't figured that out.
0: I also so, thought that was strange too unless knowing, it, unless
1: knowing what they know. Yeah, unless it's, like, you need what the original gate address is to calculate the cell. Like, just knowing how to calculate cell drift doesn't do any good if you don't know what the starting point is, I guess. I guess that's true. Could be, you know. Like, I can't give you directions to get somewhere if I don't know where you're coming from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, that might be why.
0: Yeah. So, I don't remember. So, there aren't any more episodes with the Ashen.
1: Nope. This it's- is this is the end of the Ashen.
0: So, do you think after this, then the SGC would have just, like, left them alone? Or would it, would they have tried to contact the other planets and been like, you do realize that they sterilized you, right?
1: I mean, I'm sure the other planets figured it out. And, I mean, since the Ashen can only travel to a sort of very limited region of space, it would probably be very easy to just sort of lock out that quadrant, if you will. So... Just all of the stuff within, you know, the appropriate range of P4C970 was probably locked out just for safety of everybody. Because you mm. don't want to accidentally run into the Yuzhen again, I'm guessing. Probably. Yeah. So you would, you would go
0: with more of the, we're just going to leave them alone, rather than we're going to try to make it right.
1: Yeah. Because, like, how, what could they even do? do if a population has been sterilized they can't undo that well it doesn't sound like they've sterilized everybody they just
0: sterilized enough people to have basically like slaves left
1: (laughs) yeah i think (laughs) i based on 2010 i think sam calculated like 90 percent was sterilized so enough people to do the farming yeah so it seems sort of at least going by what's happening on the bolean planet like the damage has been done. All the people that were sterilized are probably dead. So there should be non-sterilized people left at this point. Hmm. So, but again, it's like, what, what can you do (laughs) at this point for those people? Because if, if they're sort of relying on the Ashen for medicine and technology and stuff, how do you convince them that they should stop that relationship?
0: Yeah. You know, the other thing would have been interesting to you for another episode of the Ashen is Mm -hmm. oftentimes when you have storylines of big advanced populations like that doing something just like downright like dastardly, Mm -hmm. it's usually like the few people at the top herding the sheep, if you will. So Mm. you kind of have to wonder and or maybe explore in your brain of Does everybody on the planet know that this this is what's happening to planets around them?
1: Or are they just like,
0: look, the food shows up. Isn't that nice?
1: That would be interesting because like one of the things I wonder about is like, why do they need other planets to give them food? Is it because like Mala makes that comment about, you know, Earth's population and its growth being unsustainable. Is that something that happened on their planet? And like, Because they seem to have, you know, figured out a way to extend their lifespan, which means people are living longer. So did their population become unsustainable so they needed food from elsewhere? And that's sort of what sent them out into the galaxy in the first place? I mean, maybe if
0: they don't have any room for farmland
1: left. Yeah. Like, are they have, have they become like Coruscant and are your giant just like city planet? with like, you know, no fields or barely any fields and stuff.
0: Yeah. Then really nobody would know what's going on. Yeah. They would just be like, food shows up. Yay. Yay.
1: Food. Wait. Are you watching the Mandalorian this season?
0: Starting? Uh I do watch it, but I'm behind.
1: Oh, okay. There's a really cool moment that happened in um the the episode, the most recent episode. Um, oh, well yeah, second most recent by the time. Huh? Behind. I haven't watched oh, it. Oh, Okay. Well, because we actually see like on the street level of Coruscant where they are is the tallest mountain peak oh. of the planet it's like that gives a very interesting scale to like what has happened to this planet oh <laughs> yeah be- it's very cool
0: well I will have to watch the show and I will yeah. be able to Comment with you of yes, look at that thing.
1: <laughs> it's very good. I like the Mandalorian a lot. Anyway, um, okay, so let's wrap up this episode. So 2001 uh, episode title companion to 2010, also a, friend, a reference to the year you know the episode takes place, and also the Arthur C. Clark Clark novel and movie 2001 Space Odyssey. Uh, we do actually have one fun foreign territory title, uh, which is <laughs> really in, yes in French it was called the False Friends okay they everything else was just 2001
0: they didn't want to go with the year that's funny why wouldn't they yeah. okay i like it yeah way to go friend.
1: yeah me too right. okay um we have a couple emails this week yay yay that's uh, very exciting. First one, the first one comes from jeff hello jeff uh, uh the title of this episode is thanks for the podcast oh uh it says You're hi welcome, i'm jeff. Yes, I mean, like You're welcome already. Um, <laughs> says, hi, I'm a relatively new listener, and I've been enjoying your watch through of SG-1, and it's fantastic that you picked Window of Opportunity. My wife and I love that episode. Oh, hi, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Jeff's wife. Uh, I was in the middle of my own rewatch and was delighted when I realized I was almost perfectly caught up with where you're at, even though I just started listening. Baffingly, bafflingly, Stargate seems a bit like the underappreciated entry in the sci-fi pantheon. It's nice to have found a podcast that has gotten so far into the series. Thanks for doing your podcast well. You're very welcome. And yes, Stargate is definitely the lesser known of the these star sci-fi series. Star if things? You will. The star things, yes. That's what it was, <laughs> Star things.
0: The Star Things Universe.
1: Yes, but it's our favorite. So thanks, thanks for listening. Welcome, welcome to the little family we got here. Thank you, Jeff. We hope you continue to enjoy it.
0: And Jess White. Yes.
1: Uh, All right, the next one comes from Robert again. uh, This is a follow up to Between Two Fires. Uh, he okay. says, hey, so I had a thought about in the last episode when you asked how the Gould even knew about Talana. I think probably from the season three episode pretense, word got out to the other ghouls. Because pretense, that's the episode where their scar was on trial and Lord Zippy had to show up. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. um, Following you, Robert.
1: Yes. Which the user on our Discord, Tanith, also said the same thing, which as soon as I read those two things, I was like, oh, Yeah. Because the, the Gould know about it because the, the Gould have been there before. I just like totally forgot about that episode. We're
0: going to have to rewatch
1: uh, again. <laughs> again. No, I remember it now, <laughs> so I don't need to rewatch it now. Um, <laughs> he then goes on. But then I also wondered, do you think Tolana being destroyed falls back on SG-1? If they never got involved with Earth in the way they did, they could have gone on forever without being discovered. What do you think? Like, is, is the fact that Talana got destroyed by the ghoul the, the fault of SG-1? Uh, Like,
0: like from the very first time yes. that we experienced them?
1: Yes, because we mm. continue to then be in contact with them.
0: Oh, man, that is a thinker of a question.
1: I know. Like, my gut instinct wants to say no because they made a deal with the ghoul, which you just don't do that. But, yeah, I don't know. I that mean,
0: is- when we think about... Tolana and them, like, their their biggest fault is overconfidence, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I feel like at some point in time, especially once they were fully aware of the Gould threat, they shouldn't just be like, oh, we have cannons. They've worked forever. They will continue to work forever because we are awesome. You know, they. Mm-hmm. You would think that they would also be like, you know, these may not work forever. We should also be coming up with other defenses other than the one.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: So. so I think I think we're saying no. I am going with no. Okay. Yeah. Because the only thing that is inevitable is change.
1: <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> he then says, "Also wanted to let you know, I do in fact listen to the very end of the episodes because I usually have another rewatch show cue to play after, and thought it was very funny because I put a little thing at the end of last week's episode. So, you in case you, that in? I did put it. So, in case you didn't listen to the very, <laughs> very end of last week's episode, go back. There's a little bonus bit for you if you want." <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. But yeah. But thank you, Robert and Tanneth on the Discord for mentioning pretense because yes, we had completely forgotten about that episode for some reason. That annoys me. Because I remember everything and I forgot wow. that and it annoys me.
0: Oh sorry. You're just gonna have to rewatch it again. <sighs>
1: okay. No. <laughs> Um, anyway, so final thoughts, 2001. Yes, we, we like this one. I, this is, I think, one of my favorites from season five, for sure.
0: Yeah, generally liked it. I feel like you say that about every single episode of, like, this is kind of one of my favorites. <laughs> season five is really good. Yeah. <laughs> is senior, season five your favorite season?
1: I don't know. We'll have to get to the end. I don't, I mean, probably not because of what happens at the very end of season five. I can, I don't think I can say it is,
0: but but it's still well-written. It's
1: still, it is well-written. It just makes me sad and I'm going to need many Kleenex when we get there. Anyway, yeah. All right, well, thank you everybody for listening this week. As always, you can find us on Instagram at SG underscore Rewatch and now on Discord. Check the link in the show notes or you can send us an email at woo, that's W-O-O-S-G Rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Desperate Measures. Bye.
0: Bye.